All right. Okay. We're live. Welcome oh, yeah. to episode one of Anyone Extraordinary. I'm Luke Brown, and today I'm having on my brother, my soul brother, uh, Zach Barther. Yes, Welcome sir, on, Zach. Luke. What's good, brother? Good to be home. Yeah, it's so Zach and I met in college just as a little bit of background, and um, we became very close through football and our friendship. Uh, we were actually, I was on the defensive side of the ball, he was on the offensive side of the ball. We uh, we clashed heads, and but when we really got close was during COVID. Uh, when COVID hit, our cancel our season was canceled, and he told me to come do jujitsu with him. And uh, when uh, we were supposed to be playing football, instead we were doing jujitsu, where we developed a love for kettlebell workouts, steel mace workouts, pushing each other to the next level, and um, really just optimizing human health with each other and that's what we do so like he was home this past summer and that's what we did on the weekends while there was cool plunges um and just doing some crazy workouts so welcome on i uh i thought you'd be a good first guest just to have on and talk about what we do and how we optimize our life um the whole point of me starting this podcast was to just have what the name says it is just anyone extraordinary and i i find you to be extraordinary and that's why you're one of my best friends so um welcome on dude i got a lot of stuff i want to pick your brain about today yeah it's an honor brother thank you yeah it was cool you know when we got sent home for covid like i was like damn this kind of sucks because that's when we were both you know varsity football was there and we were you know that's that was our whole life and it kind of got shut down and it was like all right fuck it let's find something to do so right Anything we had, whether it was running hills, lifting kettlebells, pushing wheelbarrows, like anything, we had to make it work. And luckily, um, our jujitsu gym kind of found some ways around the corners and right. was able to stay open. And I convinced Luke to come in for a class. And, you know, that, that opportunity to compete and really push each other there really brought us together and started a cool friendship. Yeah. So you've been training jujitsu for how long now? Would you say? I'd say about two years, a little bit over two years. Consistently two years? uh pretty consistently i started before i stopped playing football so like during football season i'd have to stop so a little bit on and off but i'd say around two years total yeah okay and you just got promoted to blue belt yeah this past summer it was pretty cool been a white belt um was competing a lot and yeah got promoted and it was a real cool feeling but now it's bottom of the totem pole again so it's cool to you know have a little bit more responsibility as a blue belt get the chance to teach the white belts a little bit and uh bring them up but still still a beginner man in my eyes definitely right yeah it's crazy how jujitsu is one thing where it takes like 30 years to become like yeah. what what is the average span to become a black belt oh is it 15 years about 15 years yeah okay i, I thought it was exactly, a little bit longer than that maybe but it's just such it's just a crazy thing where you need to do just put an extraordinary amount of time in to become to become the best if you what what makes you want to continue to do jujitsu and show up because it's it's such a brutal sport and I grew up wrestling and for me one of the only reasons I wrestled was just to become tougher because I hated going every single day and it was so difficult for me to show up but I knew that it was good for me and I knew it would help me with football so that was a great motivator for me 
what is your motivation to continue to go back? I mean, it's got to go so much deeper than just wanting to get the next color belt. Yeah. I mean, so first off, I mean, it's fun learning how to kick someone's ass. Like that's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, Cause I mean, I always played football and was super strong, but it's like first jujitsu class you go to, it's like, damn, that stuff doesn't matter at all. Cause the first guy I ever rolled with was this little dude named Pete who played the clarinet at BW. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, I, I, I get a nice little start. He's a white belt just like me. We got a five-minute round. I'm like, all right, I'm going to bully this guy around. I think this dude was on my back and choking me out within the first 15 seconds. And I was like, oh, this is different. This is real different. Um, but besides just learning how to you know, kill someone with your bare hands, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's just the way it affects the rest of your life. Like when there's times when I don't take, aren't training jujitsu very consistently, I recognize myself tweaking out. Like I'm in traffic and I'm starting like, Oh, I'm getting real mad and getting upset. I got a test coming up and I'm nervous and I can't seem to focus. You know, something goes wrong in a relationship and it blows up and you're real stressed about it. But when I'm training jujitsu, nothing matters. Cause you walk off that mat, you're sweaty. You got a bloody nose. You're just like the whole ride home. You're just smiling because like I just made it through hell and nothing else in life can really bother you once you've done that. And I noticed like even when I came home. So I've been in chiropractic school for the past two months for in any Florida. Of you that don't know that. Yeah, in Florida. And, you know, that's a different kind of stress and pressure, like taking 32 credits, being in class eight hours a day. Like that's crazy. And that's pretty stressful. And I haven't really consistently been training jujitsu, but. I try to make it in like once a week to at least an open mat or something just yeah. to get that feeling of, all right, life's pretty tough and there's crazy shit that can happen. And what I'm doing on the daily day basis isn't tough. But when I came home for break, I just shut everything off. It was completely just chilling, eating as much food as I could, working out here and there, but kind of, you know, just kind of half-assing it because I finally get a break from everything. Right. And I recognize in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm starting to overthink stuff. I'm getting a little anxious. So last night, I hit up my jiu-jitsu coach, boss at the gym I train at, and really the guy who got me started on everything I do training as far as starting, literally starting at the barefoot training, which I've been doing since I was, you know, 15 when I started training with him. Right. This is Ray Terry, owner of RTSC. But I texted him. And I was like, dude, I got to come in for a class. So I went in for a class last night and got my ass whooped, but <laughs> <laughs> literally got a bloody nose again. Rolling with some of my buddies, Jamie and Hudak and uh, Wyatt, and they they wiped the floor with me yesterday because I haven't been training like they train there. But God, it's a good feeling coming home and just being like, all right, that's 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 real tough shit. I don't know why I'm worrying about anything. So right, that's the real reason I train. Right, I think both of us have a good understanding. For some reason, it's and it's hard for people to understand it's hard for us to understand sometimes as you just said you went through it it's like when you're doing harder things everything else becomes easier and, mm -hmm. e and even when you know that you still look forward to this time yeah. where like you can eliminate the hard things from exactly. your life but it always comes back and in, in, uh and haunts you if you don't do it because i oh, i just yeah. don't know what my life would look like because i i could see when i take a day off of you know and it i'm not talking about working out um even just as something as simply as like moving my body, you know, I have to go on a walk or do yoga yeah. or do something strenuous in order for me to feel like myself. Um, it's just, it's just how I've always operated. And I'm so glad I know it about myself because I feel like a lot of people go through life and they feel so off 
when maybe it would just take a little bit of sweat being released through their pores. Yeah. Because it really does. I mean, in terms of anxiety, I mean, there's, there's studies, I mean, and you can do the study with yourself. If you go do something hard, you really make yourself sweat and exert yourself. You're going to feel better afterwards. And it's always difficult to get there and do it. But, uh, I think the best way to do it. And we found that out this summer when we had some more free time, on our hands with graduating college and um i was starting a full-time job you were working preparing for chiropractic school but when you surround yourself with people who have the same values and know what they want to do and and why they need to do it um it was easy for us to you know make plans to do things like this um for example we just we just got back together today for the first time in what four or five months and when we hang out we work out so um it's been fun. I want to get into Zach just had me on the floor. He was uh, doing some cupping and scraping. Yeah. Uh, as we said, he's in chiropractic school at Palmer um, in Florida. And he's also doing some extracurriculars and learning about different ways to heal the body. So if you could talk a little bit about that and what you've learned so far, love to hear it. Yeah, man. I mean, so school itself right now, as they get us into it, Basically, we're just setting the foundation. So we're learning science. We're learning the human body, everything about it. I'm taking neuroanatomy, gross anatomy, embryology, physiology, got labs for all these classes, learning about the history of chiropractic, philosophy of chiropractic, and just learning how to, you know, heal with our hands and not treat disease, but encourage health in the body. And that's something I think that's really wrong with our, you know, the medical field today is we're so worried about curing and treating disease, but why don't we look at these healthy people, see what they do, and encourage that to the whole population. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I have learned a little bit about setups and adjustments and things like that, but um, really as I'm starting, I'm, you know, as I'm learning the anatomy, I'm learning how the body works, I've been having fun playing with a lot of these soft tissue modalities, such as Luke said, cupping and scraping. Um, so one of the first things I did to Luke today, he said his traps and upper back were super sore. So we did a process called scraping or Graston, which is you take a dull metal blade. There's a specific tool. It's imagine like a butter knife. It's a little thicker and duller and put a little lotion on the end. And we just scrape the tissue, go along tissue, looking for gravelly spots or little, you know, people would call them knots in the tissue. Um, and when we find that we kind of strum it like a guitar and just to the point where you see little red spots show up on the skin, which are the capillaries rupturing. And when that happens, that means blood flow is coming to that area. So in order to heal, you need nutrients to the area. So we want to get blood flow, circulation, oxygen, nutrients there. So by causing that little bit of trauma to the area, your body wakes up and says, oh, I need to go here and send my nutrients there. So it's going to send blood flow and healing there. And then cupping is another sort of similar thing. So basically we're going to put a metal or not a metal plastic or glass cup that's going to suction and pull the skin up inside of it. We pull it out with air and Chinese medicine. They'll use heat to pull it out. But what this is going to do is this is going to pull the skin fascia and muscle, create more surface area and kind of just loosen up the tension between these layers as well as loosening up the tension. It's going to also cause bruising, which will again wake up the body and send that healing nutrients and blood to that area. 
So these soft tissue um, modalities, as well as just increasing mobility and flexibility, are super important, and they're things that I'm for sure going to use in my practice one day, in addition to, obviously, chiropractic, which is the adjustment. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome, and I, I want to point out something that you said, which is the basis of recovery is just increasing blood flow, blood flow oxygen, yeah. everything to the muscle, and you can you can achieve that through things that you don't need done by professionals as well, right? Right. I mean, through yoga, different movements, mm-hmm. um, really getting up and moving first thing in the morning is, I think, something mm-hmm. that we've both benefited from. Um, drinking water at the top of the morning, really moving your body and getting that blood flowing. I can feel like our recovery times have increased um, tremendously since we've both started moving our bodies first thing in the morning, uh, as well as sauna, cold exposure, things like that. It doesn't have to be things that um, need to be professionally done mm-hmm. like you done you did to me today. Um, I'd like to take a step back because we're talking about you in chiropractic school, but this wasn't always your, um, this wasn't always your route that you wanted to take. I remember when we were freshmen and maybe even sophomores, John Carroll, uh, you were a, were you a business major? Uh, I was biology. So you kind were a of, biology yeah, major. preparing. I didn't know what I liked, but I knew I liked the human body and healing. So honestly, I was studying biology, but my passion was kind of strength and conditioning. Yeah. Um, because at the time I was studying biology, didn't really care a whole lot about it. But I was in my free time, I was constantly watching YouTube videos, reading books, learning about strength and conditioning, and then eventually would go on to get certified as a personal trainer. Um, but then that switched. That switched very soon. So when we went home for uh, COVID, I kind of had a wake up call. I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm studying stuff I don't care about. I started taking business classes and I knew that wasn't me. Like my passion was in strength and conditioning. I don't know if it's necessarily that or if it was just the human body and how to optimize it. And you know, I was doing deep dives into myself and kind of figure out what do I like? So eventually I changed my major to exercise science, which is study of the human body and how it moves pretty much, how to feel it, how to make it move, how it works. And through that, I was like, all right, now I'm studying stuff that I think is cool. Now let's find out where I want to go with this. And, you know, at the time, still playing football, training jujitsu, lifting all the time, I was seeing a ton of injuries. And every time I get injured, I go to the doctor, get my x-rays, go to the orthopedist, go to PT. But every time I'd always just still feel beat up and sore. And then I'd somehow I'd end up at Dr. Lajowski's office, the chiropractic office. Yeah. And he'd do something different. And within a couple treatments, I'd be feeling, you know, tenfold better. And I was like, I think that's what I want to do. So through my own experience, as well as having a very holistic and preventative approach to medicine, never been a fan of taking um, pharmaceuticals or anything like that. And trying to avoid, I mean, I've had two surgeries on my hand and my foot for displaced bones, which are tough surgeries to avoid, but I truly do believe in avoiding surgery at all costs. I mean, I had a partial tear in my labrum in high school, and I chose to use chiropractic and physical therapy as well as just my own rehab modalities and, you know, avoided surgery through that and feel 100% better now. So I think having a holistic approach on medicine and through my own experiences, and wanting to help people, it kind of chiropractic was what drew me in and really found my love there. 
It's awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people, and maybe even myself included. I mean, I was I was a business major, but I didn't. I never really knew what I wanted to do with it. Um, I'm able to find parts of my job that I enjoy mm-hmm. now. For example, being outside and and uh, working with people from different walks of life and things like that. But you know, you're someone who truly was able to take a step back and look at it for what it was, and really. Um, start studying something that you're passionate about, which I've always respected you for. And I'm, I'm happy cause I could see how, how, uh, how motivated you are to just, to just learn more. For example, today, you know, you're coming back and doing things on me and your mom last night that you're learning up at school. It's just, you know, it's clearly your passion and what you're meant to do and it's going to evolve over time. Um, and I'm just glad that you're doing something that makes you happy because I feel like a lot of people um, go through college aimlessly and never really take a step back and see it for what it is to really gain an education and take that to the next level for what they want to do. So I'm glad you were able to do that. Um, We mentioned barefoot training earlier. Yes, sir. You've been doing it since you were 15 years old. I'm a little bit more new to it, um, but I can feel... I, I feel stronger, not only through my feet, but uh, I'm getting into running a little bit more. I ran 100 miles last month, and I feel like the barefoot training has really strengthened my Achilles knees. I've never had an injury um, through running other than maybe a little bit of tightness in my hips, which I'm working on this month. Um, so what do you think the benefits are of barefoot training, and why should people be doing it? Um, first off, I mean, you're just, you need to strengthen your feet. Like, so great example of this, Luke runs all the time, usually wears a pretty thick sole shoe, which is smart if you're running on roads. Um, and I mean, it it helps you last long. You're not going to get as tired. But the other day, Luke was on vacation and went to the beach and he goes, (laughs) he goes, I'm going to go for a little run on the beach. I said, dude, watch out. Like your calves and Achilles are going to be super sore. And he's like, no, I'll be fine. Like I run all the time. And I was like, are you running barefoot on the beach? He's like, uh, yeah, I'm running barefoot. I was like, okay, let me know how you feel tomorrow. <laughs> and he goes for a run. He goes, he woke up. He could barely walk because his calves, Achilles, hamstrings, everything yeah. were just so sore. Because when you use your full foot, you're activating all your muscles through the calf, Achilles, foot. You know, you got a ton of muscles down there, bones. And when you're wearing a shoe, I mean, would you put a cast on your hand and go through life with a cast on your hand, smushing your fingers together? No. no. So you got you got to use, you got to have, you know, barefoot. Let your toes spread out. Let them flex. Um, and another thing, a benefit of barefoot training is if you train in grass or sand. Not even if you train, you should try to be walking outside on the earth every day, um, for grounding because, you know, the earth has a force. Your body has a force. You need to let that connect and really let yourself connect with the earth. Because if you're wearing rubber sole shoes. You just you might never touch the earth, and it's hard to explain to people. But when you do start walking on the ground, You'll walking in water, walking in sand, yeah, you f- you feel different. You feel happy. You really you're connected. Um, and then as well as just strengthening the foot and your posture. Like if you're wearing a sole, that's not the way your body's meant to be. Like anytime you go to a doctor, physical therapist, chiropractor, if they're gonna do an assessment on you, they're gonna tell you to take your shoes off. Because they want to see how you stand and how you move with no support, with no arches, with no adjustments, just 
the way your body is because shoes can overcorrect for things and just cause problems over time. So as much as you can get barefoot, do it, train like that. It'll strengthen more muscles. You'll feel great improvements in your balance. And you'll, when you go to put on a pair of thick sole shoes again, you'll just, you'll notice how it just feels wrong. Even if you do wear shoes, wear thin soles, flat bottoms, it, it helps. You'll, you'll feel the difference. Definitely. And you, you really can feel the difference, but it's so difficult when it gets cold yeah. to do it. Cause I was, I was able to do it all summer and you can, you can still find ways to do it in the cold, but it is crazy to think that I know how good it makes me feel. And I'm, if I don't make a, tr- a tremendous effort to go and do it, I'm not going to touch the earth for the next three months, you know, which is not good. Um, there's a great documentary on it online. I don't know if you've watched it. It's called earthing. Oh, I've seen it, bro. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a quick documentary. Everyone should check it out. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, but it really dives into the science of earthing and the electrons, um, that are transmitted into your body. And really, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's difficult, difficult to explain. And probably nobody knows the, the actual benefits of it, but something about how we have evolved and came from the earth and we need to be physically connected to it in some way. Um, but I, if you have never earth, I would definitely recommend trying to get your feet on the ground at some Mm -hmm. point because it's, I mean, somebody said, yeah, I wonder, I, I was, I saw this video online. Like, I wonder if my grand, my grandfather's probably 78 years old and his feet have probably never touched the earth since he was a little baby. Yeah. Unless you he know? goes to a beach. That's probably the only right. time. Most it's probably people. the only time, which yeah. is crazy that we live like so separated from the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, just crazy. Um, so I want to talk about our workouts and why we ch- choose to train with, um, what we have, because we both come from a place. I know you had a trainer growing up, but I, for eight years, um, when I've been lifting, you know, for football, uh, all throughout high school and college, it's been the generic workouts, which we can have a debate about it, but I think that getting super strong can really help you with football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I know we both might've switched a couple different things up. Um, but you know, the philosophy, especially in old school football philosophy is like the stronger team wins and you got to be stronger. Um, and I think it even goes deeper than that with when you go into the weight room and you're forced to push a lot of weight every single week for a lot of reps, your mental barriers are just going to be, you know, pushed that much further and you're going to create a very mentally tough football team, which is a big part of it. But now I think we have been able to realize because we're in touch with our bodies that we aren't training for football anymore and we're training for life, which means we're training to feel good because I want to wake up every day and feel good. So thankfully for you and some other people that I look up to, um, I have found the art of kettlebells, kettlebell flows, steel mace flows, steel clubs. Um, I think I was first introduced to it through Aubrey Marcus a while back and then Joe Rogan and the list just goes down. That's Mm -hmm. basically all I follow on Instagram now. And it's such a great form of working out where I try to explain it to people that Every day you step into the gym, you don't, I don't even write workouts anymore. And I'm, that might not be 
the best for if I want to have a structured schedule. But like what we did today, we just pick a workout and then you pick a workout and we do three, four sets of it and just keep on going. And, you know, I love that sometimes you don't even need to count the reps because mm -hmm. you're doing this movement and you get lost in it. And that's the name of my Instagram page is live in full flow. And that was a part of the reason I discovered it was through yoga and kettlebell training where you're really losing count of reps, losing count of time, being fully focused on that moment, which is tough in this day and age to be fully present wherever you're at. And that's the reason I do it. And I'm going to tell you, I had a, I've had a hundred percent success rate with people that have asked to train with me or friends that have trained with me. And they're like, this is fun. Yeah, like it's, it's seriously fun. It's like being a little kid throwing around weights yeah. and I'm just so glad that I've come across it and I'm, uh, I'm motivated to be back in the gym again because I feel like my junior and senior year of football, I, I started to get the feelings of being a little bit older, maybe in just a lot of the weights and football and playing a lot of reps, uh, caught up to me. And I, it was like every day was, it was tough, tough yeah. to throw some heavy weight on your back, but, uh, it definitely made me better. It made me stronger and, uh, yeah, I love it. So what do you think are some key things? If people want to try out kettlebells, where should they start? And I guess first you can tell us though, why you do it and what benefits you feel come from it. Okay. So first off, where to start? Buy a kettlebell. I know a lot of people spend a lot of money going to gyms and things like that. You don't need it. Get a kettlebell somewhere between 10 to 35 pounds. That's where you start. Women probably lower end, men 25, 35 probably. Um, start with getting a kettlebell. They're not super expensive. It's probably the price of two months at the gym and you, you'll never go to a gym again. Um, it's something where you can get a kettlebell, leave it in your car and you can train anywhere. That's, that's what I really like about it. First and foremost is like, especially if you got a busy schedule, people say, oh, I can't make it to the gym. You know, it's a 30 minute drive and then I got to work mm -hmm. out for two hours, 30 minute drive back. You got that kettlebell in your car. You, you get home, you take it to the backyard, you can get your workout started and finished within 30 minutes. Yeah. That's, that's the first and foremost thing. I think it's very, very practical. Anyone can use it. And obviously you can train for two hours if you want. You can go to a gym and do whatever you want. But practicality, because I feel like the number one excuse when people aren't working out, they're out of shape, I don't got time for it. Well, you, you got 30 minutes. Everybody's got 30 minutes. Yeah. It's 148th of the day. Yeah. That, he's a math guy. I'm not a math guy. <laughs> Um, sure. One forty eighth of the day right there. But yeah, it's, it's also something where you can use a full range of motion. Like if you're training with a barbell or a machine, you're either moving in front, you're moving to the side or you're moving transverse. A kettlebell, it's, it's an orbit. You can move any way, anywhere, and your body has to adjust. So also when you have a weight in only one side of your body, your core and whole body has to adapt and strengthen to balance you out. Because if you're holding a kettlebell in your right arm doing squats, you're not just going to let your body fall over to the right side. You have to yeah. hold yourself up. So as far as moving in every plane of motion, which I think is extremely vital, and most people only train in the frontal and sagittal planes of motion. Most people never train transverse. What, what do you mean by frontal and sagittal for people that might not so know? So sagittal is straight forward like a bench press. Frontal is side to side, like a lateral lunge. And that's yep. usually people are either going forward or sideways. With a kettlebell, you're taking steps, you're spinning in 360s, you're moving transversely, which is 
side to side, like throwing a med ball against the wall yeah. with the rotation. Um, and those, it's important because your body is meant to be in awkward situations and move in different ways and be strong. You can't, you can't just move straight up and down and forward and expect to be practical because life isn't that easy. Like you have to go pick up a couch that's heavier on one side than the other side and you got to bend down and your back is arched. You can say that's not perfect form, but you got to get it up. Right. So you might as well be strong in those awkward positions, yeah. which I think the kettlebell really offers. Um, and it's super fun. I mean, I got started training kettlebells because of Ray. He used them a ton in his gym and I really started to love them. And I was doing a lot of stuff and started incorporating more kettlebells, more kettlebells, more kettlebells. And eventually just like you could train with just a kettlebell and For get sure. everything done. And no especially doubt. living in Florida. I love it. There's tons of parks and woods and beaches. So taking that thing anywhere and getting a great workout is really cool. Beautiful. Yeah, that's 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 a great point. And I feel the same way about everything. <clears throat> so it is such a great way to train and I'm, I'm very passionate about it and I do want to, I do want to help people. I, I think it's just such a great way to get in shape and reignite someone's love for, for training and not only training, just making yourself feel better. Um, so what, what would you recommend? What are, what are a couple things you would recommend? I know you said buying a kettlebell, but different workout plans. Like if you were to go tell me to like, if somebody was preaching to me saying, go do CrossFit, you know? I wouldn't be inclined to do it because it seems it's something that I've never done. And there's so much resistance when it comes to doing something that you've never done, you know? So for somebody who has been, never been to the gym or has been to the gym and has seen kettlebells and never used them other than just going out and buying one, um, which I think nobody's going to do um, right away. I think what are, what are some things if they have them at their gym that they could try out and what should they be looking to feel um, or do with them. Okay. So first off, find a kettlebell, whether it's at the gym, buy one, you could fill up a book bag with whatever books, anything at a little weight, something with a handle. And there's some basic moves you need to learn. You need to learn how to swing a kettlebell, squat it, lunge it, lateral lunge it, press it overhead and row it. If you can do those things, six, six movements, you can do those movements that's the roots and basis for everything else. And your body yeah. will start to feel better. Especially me and Luke were talking about this earlier. The lateral lunges, man. When we train with those maces, like yeah. that's a game changer for your whole body. Because that's a movement where you're strengthening and you're lengthening. Like your hamstrings will feel so good after that. So get the squats, the lunges, presses, rows. Get that down with the kettlebell. And then learn how to link things together. So you do one movement. Say you do a squat. Right. So now you got that kettlebell in between your arms at your chest. Okay. I squatted it. Now, where can I go from there? Well, I can drop it and swing it. So now I've swung it and it's back up to my chest. Now it's at my chest again. Where can I go? Ooh, I can press it. So learning where does one movement end and the next one begin and just play with that play. It ends here. The next one goes here. How can I then transition to something else? And then once you get those things rolling and snowballing together, you can start to flow them and piece them together. And that's like what Luke said, where you kind of just lose track of time and you're just having fun, almost dancing with the weight. Yeah. And it's a really cool feeling. I mean, you'll experience it once you start to play with those flows, but you got to get those basics down that swing, 
as you first start training with kettlebell, try to do a hundred kettlebell swings a day. If you do nothing else, yeah, start with that. Strengthen your low back, strengthen your hamstring, get that core strength. Strengthen your your grip strength. Yeah, your grip. Oh my god, that's one thing we haven't even talked about right, at all is yeah. your grip. I mean, holding onto a kettlebell, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's like carrying a you know a five gallon bucket around. You're just right. constantly squeezing and holding and. A lot of the training takes longer because it's not a super heavy weight. So you're holding that weight for two, three minutes at a time. Yeah. You don't know you're training your grip, but then whew, you'll feel, you'll see your forearms grow. You'll start to get some veins popping out. And yeah. You'll feel like a beast because that grip, you'll shake someone's hand. Ooh, damn. Squeezing yeah. that thing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where every movement you do is very applicable to, to life. Yeah. For, for example, grip strength being explosive, um, being able to do something for a long period mm-hmm. of time, having endurance. Like if I think that's why um, jujitsu guys will train with kettlebells yeah. because those are all the things you need is mm-hmm. explosion, grip strength, uh, strong hips, um, being able to move in every plane of motion. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get that with a generic squat, bench, deadlift workout. And I know, I know a lot of people that's what gets them to the gym is, is the numbers. And that's, and that's great. I mean, everybody, no matter if you're in the gym, that's, that's That's awesome. If you're finding a way to move your body, you got to find which way works for you. I'm glad that I've found the way that I love. But if you don't, if you don't, if you're someone out there that doesn't enjoy, um, the way that you work out or you're struggling to get to the gym, I think it's a great way to find something like, no matter what it is, though, um, if it's kettlebells, whatever, you got to find a way to move your body and mm-hmm. release the stress and get rid of the anxiety because, especially in this modern world, we're just not put to the test every single day. So it's so important because that's just the way we've been wired um, for for however many years we've been here before this day. Um, what else do you want to talk about, man? Yeah, any new adventures for you? I know you're triathlon, marathon. Yeah, so new? yeah, I guess I guess I could talk about that. So I'm definitely doing a half half Ironman this summer, which Ooh. is twice what I did last year. So I'm doing a half Ironman. I haven't picked it out yet. Um, I think my brother's gonna join me. Um, I'm thinking like June, July, somewhere, somewhere a destination I could do it. That'd be cool. Um, so it'll be like a, a mile and a half swim. 56 mile bike ride and then a half marathon. So I did, I did half that last year. I did half of it in three hours and six minutes. So, and I learned a lot through it. So I think I can go sub six so I could shave. If I would have ran that same pace last year, I would have been at what? Six twelve. So go a lot faster than I did yeah. last year at the half and do the, or at the quarter Ironman, I guess it's Olympic distance, but do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was running last month and I, I caught a little bit of a, I, I enjoyed it. Like it, it was fun. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always kind of just done hard things because I, I know how it benefits my life and I don't really enjoy it. Um, kettlebells, one of the things that I enjoy that I would say is, is hard. Sometimes we do some hard workouts, but running, I never really enjoyed. It was also, it was almost like uh, moving meditation for me where I could go out without headphones, run, deal mm-hmm. with some issues um, and come back knowing that I would feel better, conquered something that I didn't want to do. Um, 
But last month, I really was able to find a flow in running, and I found myself looking forward to a couple runs. I wasn't gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say every day I uh, wanted to get up and run, but when I had a goal of getting to 100 miles, it was fun to have that in the back of my mind, and it was also cool to see me go through this the, these runs or a couple days where like I was hurting so bad, and I just kept on telling myself push, just keep pushing. And then one day I would feel amazing and I would go run 10 miles that day just because my body is adapting. Like our bodies will adapt to anything. And I I have learned that through running more than anything. And that's why I have the confidence to go out and do a half Ironman because I know what my body is capable of. Um, So yeah, half Ironman. I don't know. I, I might do a marathon before that and just see, I've never ran a full marathon. So I might do that before maybe like March or April, but I don't know. Like I'm, I'm enjoying, yeah. I'm doing 30 days of yoga this month. My body feels good. So, but after the new year, I definitely want to start training for something hard. Um, I have the itch again, so, yeah. um, we're going to do it and it'll be interesting. I'm, uh, how about yourself? I also, I also, on top of all that, I want to get back into jujitsu. Yeah. Like I find myself in his the brother w- got his blue belt. Now he's jealous. Yeah, right. That's probably what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother David just got his blue belt. So now I, I need to get back in the gym. It's just the competitive nature of my brothers and I. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> that's funny. That probably is the reason why Absolutely. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The so jujitsu on top of that, I just but. On top of my brother getting his blue belt, and I don't want him to be able to beat my ass. Yep. Uh, I think that's that's a good thing to do during the winter because it is tough oh, to yeah. get outside and do a lot of different things. And I find myself on the weekends wanting to get outside and do something that makes me happy, um, whatever it may be, go rock climb and do stuff like that, move my body. And yeah. jujitsu is a great a great way. Maybe you know it'll be it'll be good to condition with jujitsu and run. Uh, I know that. It'll, it'll be difficult, but it'll be worth it. I'll definitely, I'm happiest when I'm busy. And yeah, I guess that's, that's something sure. we could talk about. I know you had a super busy semester and, uh, what, what do you think the psychology is behind maybe is, do you think it's us and the way we're wired? Do you think it's, and I say us as in me and you and people you can spot or you could speak to both. Uh, like, do you think it's, a part of the way we were we were brought up that we always we're more happy when we're we we base maybe our happiness on productivity or um because i've been thinking about this a lot like i have a hard time chilling out yeah me too like i always i always want to be doing something and you know a lot of people who are very in tune with themselves will say you don't want to be a human doing you want to be a human being right and uh it's also important to have balance and what, whatever that is for you. But what do you think it is that makes us in particular? I know you, you will never, you're not someone to sit on the couch all day and do nothing. Like you're always, you're an adventure seeker and that's, you understand that's what makes you happy. So what do, what do you think that is in you? Is it your upbringing? Is it, is it how you're wired? Uh, part of it is definitely my upbringing. Like when I was a kid, you know, mom and dad are both at work. They both work full-time jobs. Like, 
when you hear that garage door open and they're coming home, like you better not be sitting on the couch or watching <laughs> TV. Like you ought to fake like you're doing homework. You better be <laughs> folding some laundry, doing something. Cause if not, who all hell is breaking loose. So, I mean, that's definitely part of it. Just having an upbringing where it's like, yeah, you get after it, you know, do stuff. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. And we're here for such a short time. Like, yeah, might as well suck up every last second of it. But for me, yeah, I mean, I don't like to waste time. I don't really watch much TV or anything like that. But I just feel good when I'm being productive and doing something. Um, and a lot of times it's like you have to have something you're chasing and be doing it for a purpose. Like just to be doing work for nothing is kind of pointless. Um, just everything you do throughout your day should be making your life better in some way. So like right now I got a crazy schedule. Like I wake up at 4:30. I go to Cairo's training group before school where we, you know, work on getting in touch with ourselves to do breath work, light motion, and then we work on our setups and adjustments and really focus on adjusting with ease and connecting with people's breath and really being present through your whole adjustment and that's something that's really cool cuz we do that from 5:30 in the morning till 6:30 as the sun's rising over the water. Um, and it's real cool. And then I'm in school till 7.30 to 3.30 and come home. And it's like, you got to eat something and you got to go study, study, go work out, come back, study, eat some dinner and go to bed. And having that full schedule, like it sounds crazy, but it's it's fun. Like I feel good when I'm doing stuff. And yeah, it makes me feel like we have a purpose. You know, everyone says you need to have a purpose in life. And if you're chasing something that's truly important, I think it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're using your life, not just wasting it away. So even like downtime you do have, try to spend time, you know, doing yoga or doing some breath work or connecting with yourself or reading a book or everything you do should be making your life better. That's if you're getting half a percent better every day, man, it's going to build up over time. You're going to feel so good and you'll just become so in touch with yourself and know what's going on, how to get back in track for sure. Definitely. And you've always been someone who I've looked up to <clears throat> in terms of saying, staying, I wouldn't say you're even strict. You're just so in tune with your body no. that you want to fuel yourself. Like I remember when we went, Zach and I went on a trip to um, the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee and uh, hiked a mountain, stayed overnight. It was actually, was it COVID that it was no. Well, no, whatever. It was like our junior year in like May. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was it was after COVID. Well, after COVID, but there was a yeah. gas shortage, so we ended up having to come back <laughs> oh, early. Yeah. Um, we were only there for like forty eight hours, but it was yeah, it was a tremendous was cool. time. But I just remember being on the road, and usually on the road you resort to fast food and things mm -hmm. like that. And even back then, when we were juniors in college, he's like, "Yeah, we only eat Chipotle or or something that's healthier on the road." Um, he just someone that understands his body and we were just talking earlier saying you came back and you were like oh, a breath of fresh air after yeah. after um chiropractic school uh the semester finished up i worked hard let me reward myself with a bunch of cookies yeah. and your whole body started became inflamed <laughs> oh, and yeah. just so, destroys everything so what is do you have everybody has temptations but do you um what what are some secrets if you have them or are you just some dip, disciplined guy in terms of diet that you're able to stick to it and you're able to battle your demons every day? Or do you just, well, what is it? How, what's your trick? It's not even a trick. It's just like, I obviously through trial and error, you try a lot of different foods, things, and you 
feel how you feel. So my favorite things in life are learning and exercising, not even exercising, just doing fun stuff, whether it's playing pickup basketball, moving your swing, body. swinging a kettlebell, moving your body. Yeah. And if what I'm going to do is going to inhibit my ability to move my body or learn, why do it? Like, it makes no sense. Even like the same thing as like going out and having a crazy night. Like, that's fun once in a while, like going away party or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but, you know, you got to realize like the shit I like to do is it's moving my body. And if it's going to impinge the way I move my body, it's not worth my time. And like I told Luke earlier, I got home from school. At school, I'm super strict. Like, it's not even strict. It's just busy doing what I need to do to keep my mind and body sharp. So I came home, like, I don't have to think about anything or do anything for a week and a half. So I just was eating a bunch of pasta, lasagna, cookies. And my back pain from, like, six months ago started coming back real bad. And I was like, damn, my back is killing me. And I was like, oh, I've been eating like shit. And I changed my diet the past couple days back to what I eat usually. Ground beef, rice, honey, fruit the staples right there and it feels a hundred times better. So just decreasing that inflammation and just realizing like, you don't have to be strict on what you eat. There's, I can't tell you what to eat because everyone's body is different, but it's just feeling you eat something. Can I go train after I eat this? Do I feel good when I wake up the next day? Do I sleep good? Is my mind sharp? If all those things are checked off, boom, keep eating it. Right. And find out what that exact feel is for you for sure. Yeah, I hate the culture of, like, how, how are you going to fight with someone over a diet? Like, how you are you going to tell someone that doesn't make you feel good? No. It's it's weird how people have got, there's, like, tribalism has made its way into the the diet, like, different diets with keto, carnivore, yeah. vegan. It's weird. It's it's very weird how, I don't understand, like, how are you going to judge someone if, if it makes them feel good? Yeah. Like, you know, they're not going to put it in their body and try to prove a point and right. still feel bad. They're doing what makes them feel good. Um, but yeah, I think we, we both, um, we're both very similar with, with, with how we train and how we eat. I'm on the same thing with, uh, after football, this was, I, whatever was in front of me in college, but after football, I found that red meat, um, or just meat in general. I, do, I eat majority red meat, but meat in general, whether it's chicken thighs, steaks, um, ground beef, I would say it's 80% of the time ground beef though. Um, fruit, honey, and I'll probably even venture off a little bit more than Zach and implement some more carbs at night, but my lunch every day. And I can, I can tell you, I have never had a meal that's made me feel better, whether it's a fresh juice or an acai bowl or just just uh, fresh vegetables or a, a Mexican bowl, anything. I have never felt better than just eating straight ground beef. Yeah, ground beef is fire. Every every single day at work, I eat a crown. I eat a pound of ground beef, and I there's no shortage of shortage. There's no shortage of energy. Yeah. I can go all day. Um, at work, I'm on my feet all day long. I get like 15,000 steps at work. And then even afterwards, uh, there's no second guessing about, oh, I'm tired. I want to go home and take a nap. I'm ready to go train. And uh, I've had jobs in the past 
similar jobs where I'm on my feet all day. Um, and I would eat some, you know, the typical sandwich, bag of chips. And afterwards it would be a mental battle just to get to the gym. Trying to pass out halfway through the show. Right. Trying to, yeah, just the, for some reason, and I don't know if it's me or everybody, but, um, the carbohydrates in the middle of the day just absolutely crush me. And, and I actually, I love, I love bread. I love rice. Mm -hmm. I love potatoes, but I save it for night. Um, yep, especially sense. on the weekdays, I'll, I'll do a lot of different things on the weekends when I don't have to be, um, up all day and moving, mm-hmm. but on the weekdays, uh, yeah, it's something to look forward to at night, especially after you've depleted your body trained, yeah. you're able to look forward to those carbohydrates and 100%, really yeah. feel like you've earned them. And then they just taste that much better rather than just waking right. up and having, getting to eat them because I can't say I would love, I would love to eat potatoes in the morning, but, uh, it just doesn't work with the way my body works. Mm-hmm. So are you someone that uh, is into fasting in the morning? Because I feel like I, I know you have to use your brain a lot and cog- cognitive cognitive function is a big thing uh, you focus on now with studying a lot. So I find it that I'm the most, uh, I'm, I'm the most readily available in my mind when I'm fasted. Is that something you mess around with? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I don't really, I don't say like a strict amount of time or anything. Like, I can pretty much eat until I go to bed and I feel alright. Um, a lot of times that is because I, you know, we'll go to jujitsu class at seven. I won't get home till ten. And it's like I need to eat dinner after that. So I'll, I don't necessarily say I fast, like do intermittent fasting or do eight hours or something like that. But I don't eat breakfast. Um, and I, that makes me feel real good. Like wake up water maybe a cup of coffee an hour and a half after waking up but then just waiting till you get to lunch just makes me feel so sharp during the day yeah um my gi track works great because you don't if you're constantly eating you don't give your gi track some time to just fully cleanse out yeah you're never gonna feel good man you're always gonna feel a little sluggish and a little heavy um and then eating that first meal when you're truly hungry not just like, oh, I got to eat because I just woke up. Like waiting till your body's actually truly hungry to eat makes it feel so much better. And you can eat a lot more. Like your body craves more and you're truly listening to, oh, I need to eat this food right now because I'm truly hungry. And just that mental clarity you get with that fasting, it's great. And yeah, so I wouldn't say there's specific amount of time, but just don't eat a big, crazy breakfast. If you do need breakfast, take a scoop of honey or an apple or something. But yeah, don't eat a big crazy breakfast. I I do think that'll slow you down throughout the day. Yeah. I was brought up on the idea of it was called breaking the fast, which is where breakfast comes from. Mm. And it was the most important meal of the day. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> which is eat breakfast at twelve thirty, but Right. Don't eat it at six in the morning when you wake up. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's weird how that was really hard to retrain my mind on that one because I love food. So my whole life, I would wake up in the morning. The first thing I would think about is food because yeah. I just I love breakfast. Breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. I hadn't eaten in 10 hours. I wake up and I'm ready to eat. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult for me. I think my schedule works well with it, getting up early and um, having not having too much time before I got to get out the door at 615. But mm-hmm. um, that is that is something that has worked out very well for me is fasting and 
We'll, we'll start to wrap this up here. Um, I think we're right about an hour. Thank you for coming on for the first podcast. Yeah. This has been fun. This is definitely, I would say, out of my, not only my comfort zone, but your comfort zone as well. Oh, your, for your sure. First, your first podcast? Yeah, I've never yeah. been on a podcast. Before. So it's kind of weird. Um, just like a little couple of my feelings. Like we're talking to each other, but we also feel like we're preaching a little like i don't want to i don't want to be the podcaster that's t- trying to tell you what to do yeah. i'm just uh my whole my whole i had always wanted to do a podcast and what was holding me back was i didn't think i was interesting mm-hmm. and then i i had met with somebody and he told me you don't have to be interesting you just have to be interested so yeah. i'm interested in what you have to do and this isn't going to be your last time on here yeah. i have work to do and there's definitely an art to pulling as much information out of your guest as possible. And to be honest, I, I told Zach I didn't put much effort into this other than getting the whole thing set up, which is very out of my he comfort He put a zone. lot of effort into it. Yeah. Um, but it, hopefully everything works out. We're going to go on and it's going to be muted the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the camera didn't Just start. Just one mic on. Right. The camera. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But no, I appreciate you having, I think that you're such a good first guest to have on. Uh, you'll definitely be a recurring guest. And the next time I interview you, I can promise that I will be getting more out of you. And oh, for we sure. will, we will definitely be, um, I know that you're, you're going and you're going to do your thing and you'll have a lot more knowledge to bring back, whether it be six months, a year from now and you're back much. on here, it'll be, it'll be awesome. But I, uh, I want to thank you for coming on here taking the time i know you're not you're only home for a short short amount of time um i guess i i if if somebody is still listening if somebody made it the whole way through this and you know they enjoy they enjoyed hearing you obviously if they've made it this far and they can hear the energy in your voice i i you truly are an energetic person people love to be around you um you're so motivating to others and you're living a great life where um, not only are you bettering yourself, but the people around you are. And I can say that from firsthand experience. Um, you're living a great life and you're truly happy, which I think a lot of people um, can't confidently say, no. which is unfortunate. But if you could leave the audience with something, and I know this is tough to do, but what are a couple things, one thing that you want to leave the audience with and what is something that has helped you? Uh, is there a book that you read? Is there something you've done that has changed your life? Um, what is it? What is it? Um, I'd say just make good habits. There's a couple of things you need to do every day. You need to sweat, you need to laugh, you need to learn and cry occasionally. Yeah. If you do those things, try to get those things in every day. Yeah. Sweating just means moving. Get outside, move, use your body a little bit. It'll thank you. Learn, read a book, watch a YouTube video on a topic you're passionate about. Laugh, talk with the people you care about. Watch a comedian do stand-up. It, it makes you feel good when you smile. <laughs> Just smile at someone walking down the road. Open the door for someone, smile. It, it feels nice. Be nice to people. Yeah, learn. I mean... Just do those things every day and you'll feel good. Eat good. Try to become in touch with your body. You know, listen to your body. Don't just block it out. Like when you're full, you're full. 
something to make you feel good, keep eating it. If not, don't. When you're working out, something feels tight, stretch it. Something feels weak, strengthen it. Pretty simple. Just become in touch with your body. Listen to it. Listen to how you feel when you're around people. If you don't feel good and you feel anxious when you're around someone, don't hang around them. You feel good, you feel happy, stay with those people. Do things that make you happy. Just try to become in touch with your body and listen to it because it it's not going to steer you wrong. Your innate nature, it's always going to be right. So just listen to your body and have fun in life. Don't take it too serious either. Mess around a little bit. That's beautiful. Those are the wise words from (laughs) the great Zach Barther. All right. Thank you, everybody. This is episode one of Anyone Extraordinary. Thanks again, Zach, for coming on. And uh, we'll have to do it again. I appreciate it, brother.